The Real Fitness Podcast, Episode 015, Forever Young. Forever young. I don't think there is anything that people dread today as much as getting old. Many of us just want to leave forever young. When I just started developing the thoughts of starting my own podcast, I was going to name it Forever Young. And that's because I noticed that on my birthday, I was usually very, very sad. And even though it's a day that's usually filled with celebration for me, it kind of reminded me of the things I haven't accomplished and reminded me that I was getting older. And I just dreaded that day. But Really, who wants to leave forever young? Maybe all of us. Forever young. Do you really want to leave forever young? Recently, I came across a story. Now, some of you may have heard it. Some of you probably haven't. But it's a story of a girl called Brooke Greenberg. She was born to her family, um, Mr. and Mrs. Howard and Melanie Greenberg in Maryland, United States. And this girl had a syndrome that the doctors called the Syndrome X. She lived for only 20 years from 1993 to 2003, I think, yeah. She lived for just about 20 years. And in that 20 years, she remained like a nine-month child. She didn't grow beyond 30 inches tall. That's about seven to six centimeters. And I think she was just about 13 pounds all through her life. Do you know what 13 pounds is? That's less than, you know, your carry-on luggage is just about your carry-on luggage when you're flying it seemed like her body was not aging in a synchronized way she could hear sounds she could understand sounds and language but she couldn't even talk i'm talking about a child who was about 12 years at this time she couldn't do any of these she remained like a baby imagine a child that you've given birth to over 12 years you're still carrying her because she just is not growing. Nothing seems to be growing except her bones. She stayed that way. It must have been very, very difficult for the parents. She eventually died when she was 20. Do you really, really want to leave forever young? What is it about growing old that scares us so much? For many, of course, it's the obvious, the fear of, you know, your life winding up, maybe dying, or the fear of becoming dependent as a result of old age, or maybe the diseases and the limitations that come with old age, or maybe it's just the way that society tends to shut people out once they get older and nobody wants to get to the point where they're shut out. 
Maybe we just want to remain relevant. I'm not sure what it is and many times for many people, we probably haven't even embraced or faced this question head on. Do you really want to live forever young? And why? And I've got good news for you because this show I only bring positive vibes, even though the introductory story may have sounded very um, blue. I've got something great for you. Um, stick around. But first, let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. This review is from Fresh. Fresh says, This is not your regular podcast. It ministers to my soul, spirit, and body every time I listen to the show. Thank you so much, Fresh. I really, really appreciate your review. That was the second review that I got. You know, I said I was going to be reading them um, in sequence, depending on how they came in. And after about a month, I'll start seeing, hopefully, you know, going out for the best. Or maybe we'll just get to read more reviews per show but today that was from fresh i really thank you so much for that and guys i really want to encourage you to please leave me a review here on apple podcast it helps the visibility of the show and it helps many other people you know click on the show and just listen and get blessed too by the same thing that has blessed you and if you're not an apple podcast i think spotify Google Podcasts and I think um, Podbean. Podbean also lets you leave reviews. You can leave me a comment on the Podbean app, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, um, even on my website. Just leave me a review. But I think I like the one on Apple Podcasts because I really want to get on the new and noteworthy podcast page in Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much, guys. Keep bringing those reviews in. And even if I don't read your review on air, I promise you I read everything that comes in because this helps me get better too. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Today on the show, I'm going to talk about why it is not just important to live long, but you want to live long healthily. Those are two different things. And I believe that, yes, you can. We're going to examine places all over the world where people live longer than the average life expectancy in many other parts of the world. What do they do there? How do they live? What do they eat? Can you eat the same thing? How do they exercise, if at all they do? And I'll also talk about the third thing, which I think is the most important reason why people in these areas live as long as they do. This one is to everybody who has a birthday. That means it's to everybody. This is to many, many happy birthdays to all of us embracing our birthdays and looking forward to every day as to come, living the best life that we can every single day and learning smart ways that we can optimize our lives. To be honest, the fountain of youth is not a new idea. This is something that scientists and researchers have been looking into for a very, very long time. How can we stay young forever or for a very long time? It is not a new idea. The fountain of youth being forever young. I mean, if there were a pill that I could take <laughs> that could just make me, you know, stay forever young, quote unquote, I just might go for it. 
It might be the highest selling pill of all time, not even the one to lose weight. This one, being forever young. Or if I had a mirror that I could just look into, that would tell me that I'm the fairest of them all. I'm sure you all know the story of Snow White. It has been retold in many, many forms. I think one of the latest was Snow White and the Huntsman. Beautiful story. Yeah, I know what a lot of people think when they look in the mirror every single day of their life. Why can I be this? Why can I be that? Why do I look this way? I wish that I could fix everything that makes me who I am. Wish that it could be something different, but it's not in the plan. Got a lot of people that need all apologizing for the image ever given. Like they made a bad decision, and I hate to break it to you, but I got to break it down. I can't love the way you talk. I better cut it out now, because everybody's so judgmental. Everybody's so hateful. They may not like the way that you look, but you're beautiful. So smile. Mirror, mirror. You gotta hurt them all You know that they hurt it all I could break the mirror But that's really not gonna change anything I could toss the mirror It's not gonna change anything So why don't I just quit Talking to the mirror Or looking for a mirror mirror On the wall And just try to do what I need to do To enjoy my life every day Face the reality Face the truth so that I can face the mirror and be satisfied with whatever it shows me. Mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? I think I am. So let us dive deeper into this episode. Are there places on earth where people live longer than the regular life expectancy. Now, the life expectancy of the people of a country really doesn't determine what we're talking about today when we say forever young, because in a country like the United States, one of the reasons why the life expectancy is that high could be the great medical infrastructure. So I'm not just looking for countries with a high life expectancy. We're looking for what we call the blue zones. In his 2005 National Geographic magazine cover titled The Secrets of a Long Life, Dan Buckner actually identified five regions. He also has a TED talk that he did on this and I'm going to post a link to his TED talk on the show notes on my website. He identified five regions where he called the Blue Zones. Okinawa in Japan, Sardinia in Italy, Nicoya in Costa Rica, then Icaria in Greece, and Loma Linda, that is a region for the Seventh-day Adventists in California. These five regions, he says, people there live longer than the regular life expectancy. And in his research, he studied their lifestyle. Why do they live the way they live? What is the most important thing that they do in these regions? I'm sure he left out some regions which probably he didn't exhaust because here I live in Pennsylvania and I actually believe that the Amish community, even though I haven't done the research there, but they also have a lifestyle that is very similar to these five regions, Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia in Italy, Nicoya in Costa Rica, Icaria in Greece, and Loma Linda in California. They have similarities in the things that they do. And I'm very sure that if you also try to practice some of those things that these guys do, you would also see a significant improvement in your quality of life. Of course, in the length of your life, but also in the quality 
you would not feel like your age, very honestly. And this is not because you're dreading old age, but this is because your life is going to be so improved that you'd be able to live longer or rather live better longer. Simply by the way we live and the choices that we make, many of us are leaving significant years on the table by the time we eventually pass on. Some of us are not just leaving years on the table after death. Some of us are actually leaving visions and dreams undone because we're becoming more tired very quickly. We're having a whole lot of people give up on their dreams and hopes very early. Research and science has shown that the expiration of the human body is on the average 100 years. Now, I also know that I have a lot of listeners who are Christians. So even if you go to the Bible, it actually says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, that the Lord says that my spirit will not contend with humans forever. For their mortal, their days will be 120 years. True, it's right in there. I also know that you might remember David writing in the Psalms 90 verse 10 that the years of our lives are 70 or even by the reason of strength 80. That's cool. But also one of my favorites, which I'm going to put side by side when I start talking about the five blue zones that Dan Butner actually identified is the story of Caleb, which I'm sure many of you who are Christians are kind of like familiar with. So whatever you believe in science, I've got you today. You're spiritual, I've got you today. But the main point is that I'm hoping that at the end of the day, you're going to have a lot of tools to really help you live your best life. So what do they eat? What should you be eating? What does research and science showed us that people who live in these blue zones or people who tend to live very, very healthily for a very long time, what do they really eat? Can you also implement these lifestyles into your own life, even if you don't live in those blue zones? Like for me, for instance, I really would love to visit Okinawa, Japan, um, even though it's far from me. But someday I should visit Loma Linda, California. I think that's about the closest blue zone to me. And um, even if I'm not there, I think I can also create my own blue zone, <laughs> my own lifestyle. So what do they eat? Research and science has shown that they eat a mostly plant-based diet. Now, this is not being vegan. This is not being vegetarian. What I'm saying is they eat a mostly plant-based diet. What do I mean by that? Plant-based diets are usually always whole. By that, I mean that they are minimally processed. So the process that this food or this diet goes through from the farm to your table is very, very minimal. It's similar to the lifestyle that we call farm to table, which is something I really love to practice as much as I can. And it's something that I really want to be able to do full scale, have my own farm at the back and make sure that most of the food that we eat at home, uh, you know, from the farm straight to the table. So the process that the food goes through from the farm to the table is very, very minimal. Think about it. A bread. The process of many of the breads that we get to eat, or maybe cookies, the process that they go through from the farm, man, it takes a long time before it gets to your table. From the farm, if at all it comes from a farm, maybe from the lab, but from wherever it starts from, it goes through 
a lot of processes. Many times these things, if they're whole grains, they get to be bleached. Then they add a whole lot of chemicals to them to make them stable. And then you get some of the white flour that we use to start the process of baking. Many of the pastries that we get to eat. And then from there, this white flour gets to become dough and then it has a whole lot of added sugar and many other things to increase its stability on the shelf which simply means it takes a long time before these things get bad which also increase the profits of manufacturers because they don't have to throw them away very frequently i know right it's crazy but really it's all a business so they just look for things that would not kill you but they don't have to be very great for you very honestly, that's the law and principle that guides many food manufacturing companies. So long as it's not going to kill you, it doesn't have to be good for you. So minimally processed, very whole, and many times plant-based diets are usually free of animals. Um, again, like I said, this is not being vegan or vegetarian. They eat meats in these regions they do eat meat but many times their meat is coming from grass-fed animals rather than corn-fed animals which is what we have in most countries a lot of them are corn-fed this makes them grow very quickly and corn-fed animals are usually richer in omega-6 fatty acids as against being rich in omega-3 fatty acids which is what your body needs the more so like they say that you're what you eat when you're eating an animal, when you're eating the meat, you're necessarily not eating just the meat. You're eating what the animal ate. So when I'm eating a meat that is corn-fed, I'm necessarily not just eating meat. I'm also eating that corn feed, the feed of the animal. If it's genetically modified, that's what I'm eating. Also, when I'm eating um, meat from a grass-fed animal, when I'm eating cheese, from a grass-fed animal or butter, grass-fed butter. I'm not just eating butter. I'm actually eating grass-fed butter. So if the feed for the animal was as nutritious as possible and as plant-based to a large extent, that also translates into the meat that I'm eating. It is largely plant-based. So that is how most of their meat is derived from, you know, from the backyard. These guys, or rather these animals get to graze on large farmland and it's all plant-based still. So examples of foods that you can call plant-based foods besides meats that are from grass-fed animals, we also have things like, of course, the obvious, vegetables, lots of vegetables. These guys eat lots of fruits, they eat whole grains, they eat a lot of legumes beans <laughs> beans is a legume and i really love beans i really love beans as a matter of fact dan buckner actually believes that if people could eat a lot more beans that they could increase their lifespan by two to four years that might seem short but that's really remarkable because pound for pound beans has one of the highest amounts of proteins Yes, on the planet and it's also very rich in fiber it's a very high fiber food so that also helps and aids the digestion now one of the things that people do not like about beans is that when you're fat they say oh my gosh everywhere smells but one of the reasons it's like that is because it also aids the bacteria fauna in your gut system in your intestine beans has a way of just 
creating an environment to help you develop and grow a healthier gut microbiome. Now, I know a lot of people get heart bones when they get to eat beans, but if that's the case, you know, there are many other things that you can eat. We also have lots of seeds and nuts, almonds, cashews, um, pumpkin seeds. A lot of people call peanuts or groundnuts, depending on what part of the world you're in. A lot of people call these nuts, but they're actually more part of the legume families with beans than they are with nuts. Either ways, it's pretty good for you. And um, if you want to find out what kind of things to eliminate, eliminate foods that are highly refined, highly and heavily processed, foods with a lot of added sugar, which also includes lots of juices because these juices have high sugar content, high sugar content. Many of them are made from concentrates. You want to avoid juices that are from concentrates. Um, to a large extent, if they're cold pressed or fresh pressed by yourself or from a store that you really, you know, trust, that's also great. Uh, many times this could be very expensive, but I mean, for your health, it's very important. Added to that, you also want to reduce oils from your food. Yeah, especially because many of the oils are wrongly labeled. For instance, vegetable oil. From what vegetable? What vegetable has oil? Like, think about it. <laughs> what vegetable are they getting the vegetable oil from? So they make you feel like, oh, it's vegetable oil, and so that should be good because they say you should eat vegetables. But really, um, uh-uh. I mean, the best kind of oils that I get to use, that we use at home, my wife and I, olive oils, those are very good. Sometimes I get to use coconut oil. I prefer them. I like their flavor. Um, but most of the time, olive oils, because I know that olive has oils, you know where that's coming from, straight from the press. And even the olive oils right now, it's highly commercialized and People know that everyone is just into this whole olive oil thing and sometimes it's just labeling. So there are ways to really know that you're getting the right olive oil. Um, preferably if it's in a bottle, that's better for you as against being in a plastic container because that also um, helps its stability. And if it's in a plastic container or a bottle, you want to make sure that the ones you're selecting are the ones that are dark where you can have minimal light rays going through the bottle and impacting the stability of the oil so the very few times that i get to get my olive oil in a plastic bottle i make sure that it's really dark and even if i'm getting it from a glass i want to make sure that it's also very dark that's the way you're going to get the very best olive oil so yeah, I've mentioned vegetables, I've mentioned fruits, I've mentioned beans. I know that many times with all of this kind of diet, the question is usually what are the precise foods that we're going to eat? Um, what else can I mention? Oh yeah, tubers, things like yam, that's very good for you because this is just, you know, straight up from farm to table. Yam, um, we have potatoes, carrots, parsnips. I like parsnips chips. I'd rather eat parsnips chips than uh, potato chips. But yeah, parsnips, um, even beets, these are very good because these are roots, have ginger a lot in your food. Um, brown rice, oats, quinoa, barley, these are very, very great options. Millet, 
you know um now in the united states we don't have a lot of these but in nigeria we have a whole lot of cassava gary gary is derived from cassava and the processing even for gary is very very minimal also i like the very sour gary now the very sour gary also known as the ijebo gary has to benefit number one it's you know from cassava straight from the ground and number two it's also been left to ferment for a while that process of fermentation also increases um, the activity or its benefits to my gut microbiome because of the way it's going to help the flora the fauna system right there my microbiome just from being um, fermented so Gary Jebo is really great I love Gary Jebo a lot especially when I'm drinking it one of the reasons why I reduce the way I get to eat about with it is because of the measurement I'm unable to measure the quantity and now Eba is a kind of food in Nigeria and I think um, I don't know if they eat it in Ghana or in other African countries, but Nigeria I can speak of because, yeah, I'm from there originally. So, Eba is this food that we make from soaking Gary, which is a derivative of coke, of cassava. <laughs> I was going to say cocoa, yeah, no, cassava. And we soak it up in hot water, it molds and forms into this, you know, pretty lovely swallow. I don't know anything I can compare it to right here in the United States, but Gary is really, really great. Now that whole process of having it, you know, soak up and form makes it difficult for us to measure because I find out that the quantity of Gary that I would use to make Eba is usually more than what I would have drank on a good day. So measurement is what makes me stay away from it. Now we have a lot more options. There's the millet flour, there's the whole wheat flour, different options also to make swallows, which is a food that many Nigerians like. So whatever region you are in, there are lots of food in your regions. And that's one of the things that God has done here on earth, wherever you are living at, there's going to be options for you to find out what kind of plant-based diets are good for your region. So most of the ones I mentioned are things that are around me, things that I would eat, things that most of my listeners, being based here in the United States, are going to easily find. I also know that I have listeners in Nigeria, so I give options from there. But wherever you're listening to me from, make sure that the food, whatever it is you're eating, is coming from farm. And the process it takes to get to your table is as minimal as possible. And I would love to know what it is you eat. So guys, hit me up, leave me a review or leave me a comment on Instagram and let me know what it is that, you know, you're eating in your country that you believe that everyone should really, really taste. Um, and to the body of blessed memory, that's one of the reasons why I used to like his show. So yeah, that's the way they eat. Now, this is something that is very implementable into your own personal lifestyle. And you also want to do it with alcohol in the form of beer. I mean, not just because you're religious, if you are, but mainly because it's got empty calories. It's really not good for you. Now, another key thing that is very common with people who live in these blue zones and science has actually shown that this is something that helps people live healthily for a very long time is exercising. Now, exercising from the way we know it is pretty much different from the way it is practiced in many of all these regions. That's one of the reasons why when I was creating real fitness, I 
didn't want to use a word like workout because of the way that workout is being used. Ain't nothing wrong with it, but I'm just saying that many times when we hear workout, the whole idea that comes to mind is, you know, a gym where you just go to kill yourself or, you know, activate beast mode and just, you know, beat your body down. That, in all honesty, is really not exercising. Now, I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm not mocking that. I'm just saying that there are very, very realistic and practical ways for you to keep moving, for you to keep your body active and keep your body going and getting the exercise that you need to just help you live longer, healthier and happier. So one of the most remarkable things about people who live in the blue zones and not just them, but people who have been interviewed over the years that have lived very healthily for a very long time besides genes, which is another topic for another day. <laughs> I know genes plays a role, but beyond the genes, you might say that you're not genetically structured for that. I believe that that is not entirely true. There is a role that nature plays. There's also the role that nurture plays. And nurture also um, is something that has to do with a choice of yours. The way you nurture yourself in your life has a long way to go in your outcomes. So one of the things that as people do that helps them live this longer, take for instance, those who are in um, Sardinia in Italy, it's been reported that these guys live on the mountains, you know, their houses are pretty much vertical. So most of their routines daily requires them going up the steps and down the steps, up the mountain, up the hill and down the hill. They don't have elevators or escalators. So they do most of the walking all the time. Most of the people in these blue zones, guess what they do? They sit on the floor. They necessarily don't sit on couches, not because, you know, they don't like comfort, but the process of having to go all the way down to seats and having to get up. These is part of them getting their exercises in. So in as much as they don't structure a time of the day that they have to go to a place called a gym to work out, they have set up their lives in such a way that most of their processes, most of their routines require them to keep moving, requires them to engage all the different muscles of their bodies. And that's why sometimes I tell people, hey, look, it's not just about looking for a time to go to the gym. How about your lifestyle daily? When you go to the mall, park far away from the entrance of the mall, just so you can get some more walk to the mall. You know, find times when you don't have to drive if you live in a place like mine where your mailbox is far away from your apartment, you don't have to drive to the mail room. Just walk up there, get your mails and walk back home. So if your routine is that the way you check your mail is that on your drive home, you stop, pick your mails and drive back home, change. Drive all the way home, get inside, change and take a stroll back to the mailbox, check your mails and come back home. That way you're getting your walk in. So do little changes and tweaks to your lifestyle to help you get your activities going when you're at work. For me, for instance, when I go to the studio on the days that I have my show on the radio station, I don't broadcast from a chair. I kick the chair away. I raise my microphone. And for the two hours that my show is going on live, I'm standing all through. And sometimes I'm pacing, but that's a way to get the workout in. That's a way to strengthen my leg muscles also. 
So if your job requires you sitting at a desk all the while, you know, request for those modern tables that can elevate themselves and you can stand sometimes, sometimes you can sit. Look for ways to get your exercise and your movement going. Sometimes you just want to take a break and just take a walk around the building. But make sure that you're looking for ways that you can get your body moving and going, not necessarily just a time for exercise. Because people in these regions, that's what they get to do. Sometimes when I'm even at the mall or in the store, and maybe I'm just standing in front of an item, reading through the labels, I do this on one leg. I raise one leg. I try to work on my balance and my stability. Just there, you know, I necessarily don't have to be at a gym to do all of these. And these are the little things that these guys have structured their lives around. They don't have all the things that we call comfort, not because they're trying to be uncomfortable, but just because they're trying to keep themselves moving. They need to stay active. It's almost like the law of use and disuse. So for some of your muscles, if you don't use them like they should, they would eventually become problematic because they just are dormant. So we have to look for ways to keep engaging and moving our bodies because that's our original design. Now, for those of us that are spiritual, remember I referenced the story of Caleb in the Bible? Now I'm reading from Joshua 14, and this is Caleb talking to Joshua, who was a leader of the Israelites at the time. And he says, Now, as you see, from that time until now, the Lord has kept me alive and well for all these 45 years since crisscrossing the wilderness. Oh my gosh. And today I am 85 years old. I am as strong as I was then. So he's saying that now he's 85, he's as strong as he was 40 years ago by crisscrossing the wilderness. Oh my God. <laughs> I just love what I do. This guy was doing crossfits. Okay, okay. Maybe it wasn't crossfits. But the whole idea of crisscrossing the wilderness to stay healthy and that is the way God kept him. Not just by him praying. But he was very active. He was moving, moving to and fro in the wilderness, not just staying in one place. So he was getting his walk in. He was getting his runs in. I'm sure sometimes he would get bored of walking through the wilderness and he would just jump. Uh, like what we do now, the box jump. Sometimes he's going to lay down to rest, crisscrossing, staying active, waiting for his time, which took 45 five long years before he was able to ask Joshua for his inheritance and for his inheritance listen to these he says in verse 12 so I'm asking that you give me the hill country that the Lord promised me you will remember that as spies we found the Anakim living there in great walled cities but if the Lord is with me I shall drive them out of the land so Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron as a permanent inheritance because he had followed the Lord God of Israel. Ah, huh, great story. At 85, this guy is saying, give me the hill countries, give me the mountains at a place where I know that I'm going to need elevation and more strength to get home. If I'm going out, I'm probably going to have to come down the valley. Think about it. This is what we try to achieve these days with the treadmill. You know, you're running on the treadmill and then now it has this functionality for you to elevate the treadmill, kind of like increase the resistance, kind of like walking on a hill. Almost every treadmill today has that functionality. 
But these guys didn't need a treadmill. He just wanted that to be part of his life. And it's like, give me a mountain, give me the hilltop. Because I've been crisscrossing the wilderness all this while. I'm used to moving and I don't want anything that's going to make it slower for me. I want to stay active. Matter of fact, I want to actually add more resistance, even though I'm 85. That is just insane. And that's why I love what I do. And that's why for me, real fitness is a calling. It's a passion. And I want to talk to people everywhere on how to live the best life 10 over 10. This is not just something for people who are secular or worldly. If you're spiritual, if you're Christian, this is biblical for you too. It is for everybody. And even if you're not, I'm talking to everybody. If you're just a regular guy and you don't believe the Bible or scriptures, awesome. If you're Muslim or Hindu, awesome. I just need you to live your best life. And I'm very sure that whatever you believe in, there's going to be something in there that really wants you to live your very best life by being as active as possible. And that's what I'm here to do, show you the ropes. So, guys, I'm not telling you right now to go look for a hill <laughs> or a mountain to leave at. You know, sometimes these things also have its own risks, especially in countries like here where you have things like mudslides. I mean, it could be very dangerous when you're living in all of those secluded, you know, forests or reserved areas. I know that. But as much as possible, the morale of what I'm saying is make sure that you set up your life in such a way that you keep moving. You keep moving. It doesn't have to be high intensity exercises like we do at the gym. You can just engage in low intensity exercises on the average for at least an hour a day. Now, it doesn't mean an hour at a stretch, but a cumulative of at least one hour a day of low intensity exercises is going to go a long way to keep you healthy, keep you going. And I promise you, if you're doing this, eating the way I just described and living the way I just described very actively, and if you're able to couple that with, you know, more exercises, more time at the gym, there is no telling how young and youthful you're going to look. Now, today, I'm not even going to be talking about the telomeres, which are very responsible for the aging process in humans and how exercising and diet can go a long way to impact, you know, the stability and the longevity of our telomeres. I'm not even going to talk about that today. Hopefully, I might talk about that next week or at some other time. But really, trust me when I say that if you do these things to a large extent, you will love the life you live, you know. You would not look your age, I promise you. Because don't forget, we have what we call a chronological age, we have a psychological age, and we also have a physical age. Now, the chronological age has to do with the passing of time. There's nothing you can do about that. At your birthday, every time of the year, when it's your birthday, you are getting older. Yeah, and trust me, aging is something that happens from the moment we are born. Everybody starts aging once they're born. <laughs> that is so true. Aging is not something that starts when you're 40 or 50 or 30. No, it starts from when you're born. And there's nothing you can do about your chronological age. But one of the things I believe that many people fear, and one of the things that we wished we could control, and one of the things or areas that we wish that we could be, sort of, you know, quote unquote, forever young, is when it has to do with our physical age and our psychological age. 
And there are things you can do today to keep those under control or to keep those regulated or to extend in a very healthy way those ages. Let your chronological age keep rolling by. But if you are great as far as your physical age is concerned and you're able to optimize that and you're great as far as your psychological age is concerned, you know, the effectiveness of your brain, the effectiveness of your thinking, um, the effectiveness of your acumen, the way you think and the way you process things and how that you're not just giving up on life and letting life pass you by, but you're still able to compete once you're able to do all of those things and still look great and feel great physically, you would not be bothered or deterred or scared so much about the increase in your chronological age. Yeah, your birthdays can truly be happy for you because you're living a life and for every turn you're really achieving and you're really hitting your goals and um, you just be pleased with how you're progressing. Because that's what it's going to be for you. It's not necessarily going to be um, getting old, as I say. <laughs> now, this is a very passionate topic for me. Like I told you, my podcast would have almost been called Forever Young, not even Real Fitness. And I think I have about 10 series on this Forever Young that I really wanted to do. And I still might do. We'll see how it goes. So on this note, I think this is going to be a very good place for me to take a chill pill on this episode. And um, if you know someone whose birthday is around the corner, just send this out to them. It's going to be a very good tool to help people have a better perspective of the new age and celebration and, um, you know, of life generally. And even if it's not a birthday, I think this is something you want to share with people. On the next episode, I'm going to continue with what I believe is one of the most important thing that was discovered about people who live in these blue zones and people who have lived long and healthily. And this is something I believe that people everywhere really need to also inculcate. It's funny because this is not about working out, exercising. This necessarily isn't about a diet. We've talked about this too. They are very, very important, but them alone cannot and will not really help you you know be the best but they're very important and i believe that you should do them start them right away to see a dramatic change in your life and the third thing which i'm going to talk about or which is where i'm going to start from next week is really their relationships it's a funny <laughs> but yeah tune in next week and i'm going to start from there and um, i'm very sure that this series of forever young is really 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 going to impact you change your life change your perspective towards life and really help you live longer better help you look finer i mean you're just gonna be so beautiful you're gonna love the way you look really 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 and um guys thanks for your support all through this process keep sharing these episodes leave me comments and um thank you so much again for everything and talk to you soon i'm sure you can tell i really had fun talking about this episode great episode it's one of my very passionate subjects and um thank you guys for listening you guys are the lifers of my podcast all of you who listen all of you who download all of you who share this with people and talk about these leave me reviews i really appreciate you you're the reason i do what i do you're the reason i'm here thank you so much 
very, very grateful. The Real Fitness theme music was composed and produced by Eddie Wally Jr., which is what you're hearing right now underneath my voice. But yeah, for most of my episodes, I get to use a lot of secondary music and soundtrack, and I'm going to leave links on my show notes to all of those um, secondary musics just to give credit to the guys who produced them and the guys who shared them. I'm going to leave links to them on my show notes, which is going to be on my website, www.realfitness.tv. And you know the way we do it, the way we wrap up the show. I want to say to everybody, rest your body, move your body, feed your body, and love somebody. I am your fitness and lifestyle coach, Henry again. Bye for now.